0: I'm a wee Lord Lord, I'm
1: Lord
0: That's my baby brother over there
1: Yeah it's kind of cute
0: kind of having a bad time tonight Because I have to babysit can't dance Don't know how to talk to women It's a virgin they Come in. To see the Temptations, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. You wish you could work it the way I do, but you can't. Because there is only one David Ruffin. And without him, the Temps ain't nothing but a group in search of a David Ruffin. Matter of fact, I've been thinking, we should call the group David Ruffin and the Temptations. Yeah, that sounds good to me. You're begging me not to leave you.
2: And I refuse to let you go. Hey, extras. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, season with Sisters. I am Quanisha. here with my sister, of course, Nikki. And today we are joined by our social sister, <laughs> co-host <laughs> of the uh, 90s R&B University podcast, which you can also stream on the Zumbo Podcast Network. She's a writer for the Cultural Coffee newsletter, which if you are not getting that newsletter, then you need to sign up for it. And she may be Usher's biggest fan. <laughs> I don't know. Nikki might have something to say about that, but no. It's she, my birthday, ma'am. She plan. might be. Uh, but- Everybody love a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> please welcome the lovely shan britain yeah
1: hello 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 how are hey, you, how are you?
3: <laughs> we're good i'm great i'm great i'm glad to be here
2: yes we're glad to have you because let me tell y'all shan and byron is killing it on the 90s r&b <laughs> university <laughs> podcast if y'all are not listening to that podcast y'all are still yes cool and y'all need to wake that <laughs> thank you we appreciate the love um and again your family like you know we all met over quarantine yes which seems like it's been forever yeah (laughs) it's been a whole
3: year now (laughs) just about a year yeah
2: we're so excited we were all supposed to meet up in atlanta this Mm -hmm. weekend (laughs) unfortunately um, the event that we we're going to is not happening any longer. Mm-hmm. However, we decided we already paid for this stuff, so we're still going to Atlanta this week. All right,
3: now
1: I'm not mad at it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we are still going to go. But uh, before we get into what um the interview is that Shan conducted, we are going to ask you a question. It's very okay. simple. What is your favorite 90s movie and TV show?
3: oh this is a hard one I don't know if I can narrow it down to to just one there's there's so many that shape the culture that I love (laughs) oh yeah no I I don't think I can narrow it down like because I have like literally us I have like different like different parts from each show that resonate and that I love so much right or be like a specific character like I
1: love
3: okay yeah yeah I Give will say, okay, so I will say one of the movies that's in my top five, hands down, is Love Jones. Love, 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 love Jones. <laughs> why,
2: why Nikki, Nikki, Nikki if first, you didn't I know. Knew. But if you didn't know, <laughs> Nikki just watched Love Jones for the first time this year when we talked about it for our podcast. That's so scandalous. I love <laughs> <in something. laughs> but at least you've seen it now. Seen yeah, it now you Yeah, you've so. seen it. Okay.
3: I also say that I love like the '90s hood classics. I love like Juice and Boys in the Hood and Minutes of Society. Like those are some of my favorite favorite '90s movies. Um, As far as TV shows, hmm, I would say it would be like just the norm. Like I love Martin, The Fresh Prince, Family Matters. yeah, so mainly like you know the ones that we are you know that we culturally love, living single things in that nature. So
2: yeah. Yes, Uh-oh, we're gonna have to have Shannon back to talk about one couple of these oh, shy right. a little All right. <laughs> I hope so. She, she know, We y'all thought she just knew nineties R and B. Oh no no, so, no 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 no. I don't know, know movies about movies and TV yes, too. Yes. yes. <laughs> all the nineties.
0: Um. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes i think that's all of us like we all just so engulfed in like the entire 90s culture like everything that is the 90s yes i think we just all love it which is why zumbo media is like so dope because Mm -hmm. everybody is equally as passionate about every facet of the 90s um but let's go ahead and Get into this topic because Miss Shen got yes. to interview Leon. Leon. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: And
2: I, B, B. Okay? B. <laughs> Le- I on yes, the B. Name Leon. <laughs> uh, I'm jealous. <laughs> because we love him. Like mm-hmm. we talk about him all the time. We love him. Yes. So um, yes, we're gonna get into that.
3: All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here is the interview I did with the one and only Liam. I am so honored to be sitting with actor extraordinaire. You may know him as Shep from Above the Rim, Russell and Waiting to Exhale, JT from The Five Heartbeats, and of course, David Ruffman in The Temptations. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Leon.
0: Hello, hello, hello. (laughs) Hello.
3: We are so excited to have you. So tell me, Leon, what inspired your love for
0: acting? Uh, I guess my love for acting really comes from what I consider myself, I guess, a storyteller.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, I, I love to tell stories and to be a part of the story as an actor something that I've always been attracted to, as well as just telling stories in general.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Okay. So we're going to go a little bit back. We're going to talk about some of your most iconic roles and then kind of transition forward into what you are doing today. So we're going to take it back to the five heartbeats era when you played JT. And that was such an amazing film. But when it came out, it did not have that box office outcome that one would hope for. And it wasn't until it was released on video that it became this cultural phenomenon. So what was your experience like in in being a part of this film and knowing that it had a later success after its release?
0: Well, you know, it's truly amazing. Whenever you, um, when you act, you can only hope that You make do memorable work,
1: something Mm -hmm. that
0: I've always um, tried to do. And, you know, to have a film that people are talking about and watching three decades later is, um, you know, truly remarkable. Um, You know, for us people of color, it's like, it's our, it's a wonderful life.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: it's the movie we watched during our family reunions and holidays, you know, and it's passed on from generation to generation. So, um, you know, it's amazing. You know and it's it's what you know is what we strive to do you know to try to have things and,
3: and work that goes past your time oh yes absolutely i know for me personally you cannot tell me that the five heartbeats were not a real group i refuse to accept that they <laughs> were not a real singing group you
0: know it's crazy it's absolutely you know we go out we do interviews and you know we just they just celebrated us at the tribeca film festival mm-hmm. this year with a screening and And, you know, and people would just tell stories. And, and, you know, one woman said that um, it was crazy for her when she found out the Five Harpies wasn't a real group. She Mm -hmm. said to her it was what she remembered the most um, other than when they told her there was no Santa Claus.
3: Oh, wow. (laughs) So with this film, um, when I was watching the documentary and the making behind this film, and when it did have the box office release, as we know that it didn't do as well as we hoped, Um, And why do you think that was? I've noticed that a lot of the films that had came out during that time, it kind of depicted, you know, black people in a certain stereotype. And those were the ones that people gravitated towards. Whereas with the five heartbeats, although it has this amazing storyline and great intensity and development of the characters, um, it wasn't held to that same caliber. Why do you think that is?
0: Um, I think what happened with The Five Heartbeats was, was more of a, a marketing situation with mm-hmm. Fox and Robert Townsend. You know, there wasn't a trailer for the movie until four weeks before the movie was going to be released. Okay. And uh, that's because Robert was going back and forth with um, Fox about the trailer because he didn't like what they had. They had, you know, us singing and dancing, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, it, it, with Conte and everything else, you know. People looking at this, especially young people, like "What the hell is this?" Yeah, especially when especially when New Jack City had just come out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, it, and so they and then they attached our trailer to New Jack City. So, what a difference! You know, it's like well, like you So, so Robert was saying you need to show like Big Red hanging a guy from the window. Mm-hmm. You need to see like you know the manager getting here. you need to see this arguing. People, that's people want to see conflict.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and so what happened is that it was a poor marketing campaign, and plus. Robert wanted us to have, you know, signs on buses and in in trains and subways and just the way, you know, Spike Lee does. But at the time, Fox had a policy where they don't do that. Mm. They don't do street signs and bus signs, but that's where our people are. They've since, because of the five heartbeats, changed that policy.
1: Mm. Wow. So
3: you guys are still making an impact, although, you know, it didn't get that, that box office hit, you guys still end up impacting not only just having a cultural impact, but as well as changing policies at Fox. Yeah. Well,
0: I hope something good came out. I
3: hope someone benefited from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to fast pour a little bit, and we're going to talk about cool runnings. And I read that prior to being cast as Doris, you would spend a lot of time in Jamaica. What role or what impact did that role have on you personally?
0: Well, you know, when Disney had gone down to scout uh, for school for Cool Runnings um, and cast, um, I guess, you know, so many people were, you know, talking about me to them,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: that I was their favorite actor, you know, and so <laughs> it was, you know, it was really funny that when um, when we met at Disney and, in Hollywood, it was like, what is it, man? Everywhere went in Jamaica said, Leon must be in the field. <laughs> 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 and so... So, um, you know, it just wound up being a natural um, between, you know, what Dawn Steele was looking at in um, leading man qualities
1: mm-hmm. and me
0: and, and, and my natural ties to Jamaica. Um, it just made it a natural fit. Well,
3: that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, the performance was just incredible and you could not convince me otherwise that you were not born and raised in a, a pure native of Jamaica. Thank you. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the above the rim. And I know that prior to filming this and back in your youth, you did play basketball. So there was some kind of, you know, a similar parallel between you and your charactership. Or were there any roles that you've taken that may have mimicked your real life experiences?
0: Wow. Roles that I've taken has impacted my real life experiences um yeah I don't know that's an interesting question I mean I'm sure that I've drawn upon my real experiences in life is for many of my roles mm-hmm. I mean anytime I can I, you know I tried but I don't know if there was um one particular role that you know of course in above the rim
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: me being a um, high school basketball player and in New York and um you know all city all everything and you know and also having played at the Rucker where the place
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the actual tournament myself of course you know that's fantastic for me to have you know have that experience to go through but but you know I just you know I think that every time that I take on a role I'm always trying to find something I can attach to real life mm. to just add that authenticity to it.
3: Yeah, That makes a lot of sense, makes a lot of sense. So one of the roles that you played I'm going to go through and talk about Waiting to Exhale. While it was not the most fable character, he definitely had this appeal that you yourself embody. What do you think that it is about you that makes the ladies go crazy? And did you know that you would have like this sex symbol impact?
0: Um, well, to the latter part, no. <laughs> um, I didn't know, if I, I didn't know if I'd have a sex symbol impact um it's, it's it's flattering you know i mean mm-hmm. i can't really take much credit for it it is what it is um but you know i think for one you know i was raised by women okay. you know, i was only male in my ge- only male in my generation so i've been around women in my whole life mm-hmm. so i kind of i kind of know what they like mm-hmm. and um and I, and I and i think that women are for the most part very intuitive
1: mm-hmm.
0: um And they can tell, you know, that you know if a man, you know, generally likes them, you know, as opposed to you know just wanting to be with them sexually.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: because I really love, I love women because my whole life has been around women. So, Um, but as far as you know, um, you know, waiting to exhale, you know, it's just if you embody a certain type of character Mm that um, that is very prevalent um and what people really like um you're going to get that response and so yes. for me you know you know I, you know i'm that bad boy
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I'm, the, I'm that boy i'm that guy that wants to you know come slide in at night when i'm free you know you know and that's it and everybody you know has that in their life to some degree somebody they they, they used to go out with or shouldn't have gone out with or mm-hmm. went out with too long or just wanted to you know couldn't stop being with them, you know. No, absolutely. Um, and, I, and, I, and that's who I embodied in that. So I think you know, it's so funny when I when I play that role. There's you know, even when there's things on social media, everyone's like this. Yeah, I had a Russell too. Lord, I had a Russell. <laughs> some, some people, were like this, Damn, I still got my Russell. Damn, I can't get rid of them. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's funny so.
3: They just had that relatability. I mean, it was a relatable character, and you know, women could identify with that.
0: Without mm-hmm. a doubt. Hmm.
3: So you've played a lot of roles throughout your career. What has been the most difficult one for you to prepare for?
0: The most difficult one for me to prepare for. Mm. You know, it's really odd because you know they they have you know they all have their own, they all have their you know different. Um, things that make them hard. Like I could say, for example, Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to train like an athlete because I wanted my body to look like our sprinter. Yes. You know, so... Um, but then again, of course, when, you, when you're when doing the movies like The Temptations and The Five Heartbeats and even Little Richard, you know, you, you're required to be in, you know, dance rehearsals,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: you, know, um, you know, five days a week, you know, eight hours a day. Wow. So... <laughs> So and for, and for weeks and weeks and so of course, you know, that preparation is um, is physically enduring. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they all have their own challenges. You know, uh, I think that if you if you're really trying to you know create something that's memorable, um, it's going to have its challenges. No, oh, absolutely. And, uh, and you just have to you know work with. Them. Oh, absolutely.
3: So when you are preparing to take on a role, what is your script breakdown process like? And how do you determine what attributes you're going to bring to a character?
0: Well, in a perfect world, um, the director and I have had conversations. And uh, that's always the best. That's the way it's supposed to be. Um, An actor's performance is a combination between him and the director. Yes. And how the director frames him and how is he allowed to do what he has to do. So, as much communication I have with the director is always the best, and that's how I would come up with my character. And sometimes you don't have that, so you have to, um, you know, know the story, mm-hmm. know your imp- know your impact on the story, and why you're there, and and make sure that you are making the absolute most out of that character and what that character's function is. Mm. And and for the rest of it, and, and then the rest of it, she just needs to fall in place. And you don't really have control over that because that's the whole rest of the movie. And you hope that um, everything that you've given to the movie um, is you know, equal in all parts, whether it be the directing, you know, the actors, the, the sets, the, you know, everything, you know, I mean, when I'm on a set, for example, when I walk into to to my room, when I'm David Ruffin in The Temptations, mm-hmm. well, the set design was fantastic. So when I walk into that room and I'm in and I'm in wardrobe, nineteen sixties wardrobe, and I'm in this room that looks like nineteen sixties, I mean it's easy for me to be who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, because everywhere I look is 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 me and and that time period. And so you know, a lot has to do with you know your your performance has to do with you know how well you're framed, you know, and and, and what kind of um you know, what kind of movie you're, or or you're in, and what kind of production you're in, whether it be a stage play or anything else. I mean, is are you framed in a way that makes it easy for people to believe you are who you are? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the most important thing. You know, so that's why you'll see even in like you know, nominations and so and, you know, award time, you know, it's usually the films and the TV shows that have the higher budgets mm. because they're allowed to, you know, put you in, you know, very realistic conditions where, for example, the camera may be moving and and you may be seeing my house for the first time. So before you even see me, you already have the feeling that this is
1: 1972. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes.
0: You know, and it's like, and so, and like, that's so important, you know, because it it all, everything in the frame, you know, affects the picture.
1: Oh, yes, definitely.
3: So, you spoke on the temptations and going through that process a little bit. How did it feel for you to embody such a historical figure in your portrayal of David Ruffin?
0: Well, when I'm doing it, I don't have any feelings about David Ruffin because I am David Ruffin. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just about really knowing that character, being that character and, um, and and capturing his essence and his importance in the group um, and the dynamics in the group, you know? Um, And so, you know, you have that extra responsibility any you play someone who actually walked and talked on this earth and then let alone was a legendary
1: singer who had many fans. Mm-hmm.
0: You feel an extra responsibility in your performance to capture that person's essence because there's people who actually walked and talked on this earth that know him. You know, and um, you want, you know, you want them to see your performance and and not think that you didn't do a good job playing their friend or their or their brother or yeah, their cousin or their uncle, you know. So when I um, when I got compliments and you know people from you know David Ruffin's family wanted to um, meet me and talk to me and everything else, because you know that really to me meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like you know, <laughs> this is his this is his people this is his blood, and they're feeling what I did. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes. So, you know, I, you know, for me, that meant a lot.
3: So, in this role, you 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 know you stayed in character for the entire duration and I often hear about actors doing this for like really, really extreme roles. What was that transition like for you to come out of that character once filming rap? And were there any specific measures you had to take to prepare yourself for the next role? Um, no, I mean, I don't
0: really, I don't really have a problem, you know, for the most part, you know, um, after the role is over to mm-hmm. you know divorce myself from it um, yeah i don't really have that problem mm-hmm. um, you know once it's over um, you know i'm usually happy to be me and also there's probably there's so many things that that, that i need to do as leon that, that i don't have time to think about yes. like, yeah know. <laughs>
3: All right, so we have to talk about this iconic line from The Temptations. Did you ever think that this one line would have a, such an um impact on the culture? I mean, it's everywhere, it's in songs, social media, you know, I recently saw the video of you and your daughter. This 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 line is just it just won't go away. It's everywhere.
0: Mhm. Yeah, you know, I I I can, you know, I can't take credit saying that I thought that it would be, you know, Something, um, you know, that it, everyone would be quoting
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it would just, you know, you dominate social media and everything else. No, I can't. I can't honestly say that. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just in the moment, mm-hmm. um, you know, being my character and playing my role. And that's what came out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what came out of my mouth. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah.
0: So, you know, and the rest is history.
3: Yeah, what's funny to me is like I'm thinking back and I'm, I'm watching the film, like I know that was a standout line, a standout portion of the film. But for me personally, that was that was never like the standout part for me. Mm-hmm. I always say that my favorite part of the film is when you guys are all performing and you perform "My Girl" and it's in the black and white frame. and You guys did the breakdown with the clap and the dance steps. Oh,
0: that's yeah, always the
3: step that that's yeah. always the one yeah. that stood out for me.
0: Yeah, that's the Ed Sullivan show. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, so you know, that's pretty. That's pretty iconic. When I when I look at that, mm-hmm. for example, um, you know, not not performing it, but just by like, like looking at it, you know, that to me, um, really registers mm-hmm. because the Ed Tell when I was a little kid, the Ed Sullivan show was the biggest show in the world. Yes. You know, and. You know, to think, you no, I never in a million years would I ever imagine that I would be on that television show. Wow, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's for the Beatles and you know, the Temptations, mm-hmm. and people like that. You know, Donna Ross. And so, um, so yeah, so to be on that television show, um, you know, to see yourself in that, even you know, is like as someone watching the film with something. Yeah, something that really registered with me for sure. I'd be lying to say otherwise.
3: So it was kind of like a full circle moment for you. Well,
0: yeah, you know, it's like it's like wow, look at this. This is amazing. Like, <laughs> is, I don't, you know, money television show. This is crazy.
3: <laughs> That's amazing. Like it, it, I recently experienced a full circle moment. Um, you know, for myself, and when you when you're in that and you're like wow, and you, and you finally get to experience that, it's it's almost like surreal. It's surreal to have those it's surreal to have those moments, that, the, the things that you grew up watching or you grew up, you know, really enjoying, and then to be a part of that. It's just, yeah, it's definitely a surreal moment.
0: Uh-huh. Uh Yes, for sure.
3: So from there, you know, you did a couple of other roles, and then you also did the Little Richard story. And you know, going from the Five Heartbeats to the Temptation, and now portraying, you know, Little Richard. Did you ever feel that um, any part of you or your talent was being boxed in because you portrayed so many musical characters?
0: Um, No, not not at all. Yeah, because I think that if you look at my body of work, Mm -hmm. um, I've played a wide variety of characters. Yes. And and, um, if you look at my body of work um, playing musical characters, is a very small percentage,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) not not even 10%. So um, I would have to say that I feel incredibly fortunate that I was able to play those roles because especially um, because of how um, even my whole acting career came about or what even inspired me to act or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you talk about full circle I mean, you know, people ask me, like, when did you, was the first time you ever, like, thought about acting or performing? And I used to sneak into the um, Wakefield Music Movie Theater when I was a kid. Wow. And I saw Elvis Presley movies.
1: Hmm.
0: And I saw Elvis Presley movies. That kind of, that kind of changed me. Like, Jailhouse Rock and stuff like that. I was just like, hmm, wow. I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. I mean, look at him. He's great looking. K- kissing all the hot girls. <laughs> he's, singing, he's singing in movies. Dancing, you dancing. Know, he's telling a story. I mean, I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I could do that. Like, that, that was the first time when I saw Elvis Presley. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was crazy. So for me to go on and play, you know, any musical icons or anything in any movies um, or anything like that, to me, it was like, you know, looking at myself as a kid going, okay, yeah, I guess you could do
1: that. (laughs) Mm. Definitely, definitely.
3: When you see these things and it impacts you in such a way and you want, you know, that's kind of like, you may have find your calling or or something of that nature because you see those people that you admire and you're like, wow, you know, I can do that. I see myself, you know, kind of in that person or I can see myself in that role. Uh, to where I can also have that same impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you just figure, yeah, you
0: could do stuff like that. You know, it's just, you know, whether, I mean, whether, on what scale? Mm-hmm. knows you know. But, yeah, you know. That's, I'd be lying to say that that didn't inspire me when
3: I was kid. So, tell us to me about how your band came about, Leon and the Peoples, and what was the inspiration behind that?
0: My band came about um, because I was um, I was in the downtown um, music scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in New York City, um, downtown reggae music scene, and um, and I knew so many great musicians, you mm-hmm. know, people that played for Sting and Bruce Springsteen and UB40 and Steel Poles, um, list goes on. And so um, I used to MC. You know, a lot of big shows: reggae, Sunsplash tour, Sting international, went to Japan. You know, and and I'd be around. You know, great singers. You know, like Baris Hammond and Maxi Priest. Wow. And wow. and um and you know they would they would encourage me.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: they'd be like, you know, we'd be singing a cappella backstage, whatever, whatever. You know, they'd be like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you should sing. You know, since you don't have to, you don't need to, but. It seems like you want to, and you can't. And I was like, so, so you know, we want to, you know, they want, I want to be a part of this band, this downtown New York band called The Young Lions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, we started doing well, downtown music scene, you know, and uh, packing clubs and stuff. But um, we were playing cover songs, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do original music. Okay. So I formed my band called The Peoples. And, um, you know, <laughs> I had to pull a David Ruffin on him. <laughs> 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 it, it a, it we call called Leon at Peoples. Uh, that, that, that got us more gigs. Because <laughs> people like, the Peoples are the hell of Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's how the band came about. And, um, you know, we played, we played soul reggae or reggae soul. Mm-hmm. And rock and dance and pop yeah we just you know
3: we move butts we got fun so is that something that you're going to continue doing um being part of the band recording music
0: i'm sorry what'd you say i
3: said that's something that you're going to continue with being a part of your band and recording music
0: without a doubt 100 we have a show a week from
3: saturday oh okay that's exciting Yep, yeah, we love. That's what we are. We we're, we're primarily a live band. Mm-hmm. Yes, we make.
0: Yes, we make records. But um, usually, the songs on our record are songs that we've already been performing. Like we perform our songs before we record them. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, just because now we know which ones we like, we know which ones work, and we know what the people like.
3: Well, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> So, looking back on your career, whether it's been, you know, you in the acting sector or you now in the music sector, what has been that moment where you were like, wow, this is it. Like, I have finally made it. What was that moment for you? <laughs> I don't
0: know if that moment's ever come. Okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> times for me. Um, and they're not the typical ones. Hmm. They're they're more related to people. Okay. Um, um I remember going up the steps and it was escalator at um you know over there Hollywood where the Egyptian theater is there mm-hmm. malls somebody going up the steps, go up the escalator, someone we'll coming down some event whatever. And um I heard someone say, Hey Leon Hey Leah! And I know the voice, right? And I turn around. And it's Smokey Robinson. Wow. Right? And so now this is how much like I admire Smokey. Okay. Like there's like my three favorite songwriters, Smokey Robinson, James Taylor, and Bob mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, I'm sitting there and, and I all I can all I say to him is oh, you know me. I go, yeah, man, can I y'all I know you're a good actor, so I go, What do I say again? You know me. He goes, yeah, I just said I know you. I go, what do I say one more time? You know me. And he walked. He just walked away. So. Okay. And, 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 and I'm thinking myself because I just can't believe it. I had I had a chance to talk to Smokey Rob. have since talked to him. We know each other, whatever. But I had a chance to talk to Smokey Robinson, and all I can say to him, is you know me. <laughs> And I guess the other I guess the other time was I went to an event with Robert Townsend. Mm-hmm. I guess he was being an artist someplace downtown in Los Angeles. And um, I was backstage and Sidney Portier was there. Wow. And um, I shook his hand or whatever, I shook his hand, whatever, and he said, um he said, Yeah, man, I'm very nice to meet you. He said, and, he, and he knew my name and that I said he goes, oh, I said, Wow, all right, I said, I said Oh, I, did, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't know you knew where I was. She says, yeah, you're a really good actor. Actually, you played my friend, Little Richard. Mm. And I
1: was like,
0: oh, And I was like, oh, I said, oh, I said, oh, I said oh, cool, cool, cool. You know, for me, that was like, come on, Sydney party. Yes.
1: City party. <laughs> you
0: know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know? And I've, and I've had a lot of things, you know, happen to me. But those are the things, those are the ones I remember because of, in such reverence in which I hold those people. hmm
3: so what's next for you? What's coming up and what can we expect from you in the future?
0: Well, I'd say um, in the immediate future and at the moment, I'm, I'm part of this um, evoc- um, provocative series called The Love Tale, mm. which is streaming right now on BET Plus.
3: Yes, I've seen that.
0: Yeah, have about four women living and loving in our um, and then, um, then I have a movie coming out in February, um, starring myself, Bruce Willis, Frank Grillo, Kevin Dillon, called a day to die mm. um, and really juicy role. Um, very happy about the role. Um, and, uh, that comes out in February in theaters.
3: Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about your character?
0: Um, Yeah. It's a story of, um, a parole officer played by Kevin Dillon accidentally kills, um, um, when his parolee is in trouble, is attacked by, um, someone and he accidentally kills the guy trying to protect him. But this guy happens to work for, um, a guy by the name of, um, Pettis. Mm -hmm. And when Pettis finds out that his man's been killed, well, he has a run in with, um, Kevin Dillon's character letting him know that I, he owes him reparations because that guy meant a lot to me. And I'm gonna be kind and make it only two million dollars, but you have to give it to me by midnight.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah. that's basically what happens, and, and, and I'm Pettis. Oh, okay.
1: okay.
3: Sounds exciting. It's gonna be full of twists and turns.
0: Yeah, some action, you know, some you know, hopefully, and hopefully some good acting.
3: Of course. I'm sure there will be. Well, Leon, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out to interview with us today. I am so grateful and I cannot wait to see what you have in store.
0: Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm sorry that it's taken us, you know, three tries or just a fourth try. I can't remember. (laughs) That's (laughs) all right. I apologize for any part that I played in that. Mm. And um, and I'm glad we made it happen,
3: too. I am. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you once again.
0: Yeah. Okay. You too. You take care, okay? My All,
2: right. All, right. All right. Bye-bye. Now, Shin, mm-hmm. how was it interviewing mm-hmm. Leon?
3: Oh my gosh, it was great. It was kind of like full circle because, you know, you grew up and you've seen Leon and all of these movies that you love, you know, The Five Heartbeats, The Temptations, Waiting to Exhale, and like to finally speak with him and just to hear his passion for acting and and how he got started was just something that I found um, that was really, really great. Like, it was really great to just hear his story. So it was was amazing to, to interview him and I will say he is as smooth <laughs> on the phone, guys, as we hear in the movies, as we see in the movies, you know, it's something about Leon's voice that just has this smoothness yes. to it that you're like, oh,
1: okay,
2: it's, it's Leon, yeah, you know? Yes, <laughs> I would be disappointed if it was any other way, no, <laughs> so no, no. I'm glad that that holds up because, yes. It does, it does. I'm still jealous, but <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you. Yes. Next time you got to call us. Like, hey, we we got to interview Leon. Oh, I got you covered.
3: <laughs> I got you guys covered.
2: All right. So. You know, it's really like, exciting because to- you're like, oh, she talked to him. I talked to her. We all talked to him. <laughs> Basically, you know. Yeah, we, did. we did. We all did, you yes, know. It's, the all bridge. it's all love. <laughs> Shannon is the bridge to Leon. <laughs> um, okay, so what's your favorite Favorite Leon role. It's for everybody. Favorite Leon role. Mm. No, that's hard. It is hard. It them. is hard.
3: <laughs> he has, he has so many. Um, I would say for me, one of my favorites was definitely his portrayal of Little Richard. Yes. I love how he embodied that role. Um, you know, going back in, Doing research prior to the interview, like he was saying that how you know Little Richard would come to the set and he would have to tell him to leave because you know he was really trying to stay in that character and stay um, in that mode. And I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of hard to do Little Richard. Yes. Like he's a very uh, yeah you know, a very flamboyant person, so it's it's kind of hard to embody that full full essence. And I think that he did an incredible job. He did himself.
2: absolutely. Nikki, I think we might have
3: the same role. Um. <laughs> I'll say the five heartbeats. I love them in there. Ah. Mm. JT, yes. I love
2: them as a brother. Like even they love as a brother. Just because the <laughs> <laughs> They love together, and their love as brothers was just like everything. Yeah, that's true. Brother relationship. That, that is. Okay, my favorite role: <laughs> The Temptations, obviously.
1: Okay. Yes. Obviously, <laughs> but <I'm there> <laughs> because he
2: absolutely killed that role. Like he did. He was David Ruffin. Like he. And they had to
1: find out <laughs> that
2: a lot of his scenes. I mean, a lot of his lines was ad lib.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. yes.
2: hmm <laughs> Anybody coming to see you, Otis? That one, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is the line that everybody quotes all the time. So no, when I found out that that line was improvised. I was in shock. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's amazing. Right. But it, it is hard to just narrow down to one role that Leon did that you love. Because like I don't think it is. Like when you just think of Leon, you just be like, it's so many things that you can go to yeah.
3: so many roles.
2: Yes, yes. And he's so diverse as an actor. So yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely love that. Yes, he's not always the same character. Like he's, oh no, right. Even if he do the same type of movie, it's
3: not the same character. Yeah, it's not. He has part, he has yeah. and he has a way of you know a way of putting things together, adding certain attributes to a character that just make them you know
1: so relatable and just makes us love them. Hey, <laughs> can't hear you. We can't hear you. Yeah. Who would be your dream guest on your show? For me personally,
3: it's a 90s r Yes, I think everybody.
2: I think everybody does it. My dream, <laughs> my
3: <laughs> dream guest. Okay, will be. You so know that my dream okay, will so Usher.
2: removing Usher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, removing Usher because we know that one. Usher, that's <laughs> so Usher, call well, my police. Well, <laughs> Usher, I'm coming. <laughs>
3: Okay, so outside from Usher, um, I would say I would love to speak probably with Babyface or uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, uh, just some of the producers so I can kind of get like yeah. right the back end of how they come up with certain concepts for different songs. So those will be probably like my dream, my dream, guys, because I'm all about the behind the scenes. Like I love the stars. I love them. But I also love hearing those behind the scenes stories mm-hmm. and how, you know, things came about. For example, when we had Ryan Toby, and he was telling us how he had the song and he was just on a loop and then he added the lyrics and like those types of things, they interest me. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes, because the producers, they, a lot of producers, they don't getting the credit that they deserve and beautiful. No, they don't. They is don't. It's hard. Okay, it is. It is hard. So, um, especially because I went to media school and I did like music production a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I already know. Like it's, it's yeah so hard. <laughs> especially because I was the only female in the group too. So they really oh, like okay. <laughs> producer girl, please. Oh, <laughs> okay. I felt like, oh, you watched the encore. So, yes, yes. We had a situation by we, I mean me. <laughs> there was a situation where that whole scene with uh, Felicia and Cosine like mm-hmm. somebody posted it and I like made a comment and was just like no I understand where she's coming from like you know like I get it as a female being in the industry like you don't mm-hmm. get the respect it's hard to get your respect and cosign was wrong like I said that in the comments and then everybody started coming for me in the comments because really? they could not stand Felicia and I'm like y'all are blinded by the fact that y'all don't like her on the show that That's you are not paying attention to who was right in the situation and she wasn't wrong
3: mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I definitely agree with
2: that. I was getting attacked <laughs> oh, for, wow. for like from Friday night until like Sunday night. I was getting attacked in the comments about this post. And I'm like, I, I'm not commenting on nothing else.
3: Yeah, I and mean, that's the thing. Sometimes you have to kind of like, you know, differentiate the person from the music that they're putting Absolutely. out or from the work that they're exactly. doing and when you're watching something you, it's hard to differentiate the, between the two so in that instance I saw you know I saw both sides I saw both sides of the character of what she was portrayed or how she was portrayed and also versus the work that she was putting in and what she was doing and she was absolutely right to be you know offended and upset by what Cosine did because she had been putting in that work behind the scenes when he was not there. right
2: exactly and that's all I was trying to say that's the same point yeah. I was trying to make they would not let me be great they like she was they was being mean and they was bullies and i'm like but that's not what this situation was about yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this situation was about the fact that she started producing a song he tried to take over and to make changes yeah. that she didn't approve of and as the producer she had the right to say that she didn't want them on there yeah absolutely but anyway moving on <laughs> because you are 90s r&b University.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. This question. I mean, we're going to answer it as well, but this question was created for you.
1: Okay.
2: So, if you could build a girl group of '90s stars, mm. who would you pick? Ooh. Four <laughs> ladies. Oh, this max. is hard. You hmm. got four men. We'll you put some roots together. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man
3: um
2: yes you're carlos whew. king right now you gotta build a girl group this is this is, this <laughs> is tough
3: um because for, for me i'm looking at it like i'm looking at it through i'm looking i'm you know i'm thinking about sonically so i'm mm-hmm. thinking about um you know harmonizing and and tones and and things like that um oh man oh wait i would definitely have i would like um Dawn Robinson because I just love 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 her voice I love her range I think she just has um an incredible voice she'll be one of my first how many people have how many people are we picking for this group what's hot? Four. you got four just four okay just (laughs) four okay so I have her um let's see I will probably have um hmm Nikki Gilbert from Brownstone. Okay. Um, I would probably toss in, oh my God, this is really hard. <laughs> Cause I'm trying to think of like artists who kind of like, who don't have similar ranges. Uh, you know, I might actually add in a Tony Braxton. I might actually add in a Tony Ooh, Braxton like to, give, it. That, to give, that depth, yeah. give that depth and range to it. Um and as the fourth member, hmm, I wanna kinda of do like a wild card. So I would think I think I'll probably add somebody like a T box.
2: That's crazy because I thought T Boss and Tony Braxton in both in my group as well. Really? <laughs> <I had laughs> T-box and <Dawn>. Oh really? <laughs> so T Boss, you in all the groups, girl. You and all the groups, you all the groups. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in here, Tian. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so I guess I'll go next. So for me, mm-hmm. I definitely want T-Boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw Brandy in because Brandy can harmonize with mm-hmm. any and every yes. person. I love Brandy. So definitely going to throw her in. Uh, I already said I was going to do Tony Braxton because I just love her voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And then... See, the last person I was like, mm, I was trying to decide between like Tamia or Deborah Cox. And I'm like, oh, yes. I don't know which one. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Tamia. I love Tamia. Yeah.
3: That's a good choice.
2: <laughs> well, I had, like I said, Dawn, P. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Missy Elliott.
3: Oh, okay. I like it. I do like it. I like
2: Cause it. Cause the last missing person is throwing me off. Because I was thinking Tony, because I love Tony. Mm-hmm. But I also love Brandy also. Mm. I'm going to do Brandy. I was going to say really? Brandy will probably be like, behind. Yeah. I'm going to say Brandy. I was going to say Brandy will be dope. Because, like... I just would be excited to see what her and Missy come oh, up I was about
1: to say Missy and oh, yes, That was my thing. Yes.
2: Like, <laughs> I would just be excited to see what that is going to be. Y'all, that was hard. I'm sorry I came up with that
3: question. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because we all have like similar women in yes. each of our groups. We all have like the same pockets. So that's that's funny.
2: And I was going to be like real crazy and throw like in like a super wild card. like and be like Mariah Carey. And I was like, yeah, right. Mariah Carey would never be in nobody's girl group. Okay. I
3: would toss in like Macy Gray or somebody. Oh, Macy
2: Gray. See,
3: I would toss in like Macy Gray.
2: gray. Yes. I, throw in like, there.
1: Yes.
2: I love yes. her. So, well, I guess that about does it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. This was fun. I got to come back. You definitely
2: do. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely look. I will email you. You can tell us which episode you want to be on. Yeah. Um. And we will definitely have you back. But let definitely people know where to find you.
3: You guys can find me at 90s RNB University. That's the letters RNB um, on all social media platforms. You can look for me in Cultural Coffee on our um, tri-weekly newsletter every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just sending you guys some precious 90s articles to your inbox. So, Yes, you guys can. Yes.
2: and the cultural coffee email comes out like she said monday wednesday and friday which is also mm-hmm. the day that the podcasts come out on the uh, yes so you got in living culture on monday you mm-hmm. got scenes with sisters on wednesday and then you can finish the week with some 90s r&b university
1: yes, yes. So
2: get into it i bias. love when i hear the playlist them playlists be the best i'd be like oh my God. <laughs> i'm like girl did you hear the playlist? <laughs> we got some good things coming.
3: We have some good things coming.
2: Yes, I was going to say that too. Like, what's next? Because y'all just out mm. here killing me,
3: everything. Like, <laughs> we can't away like, too many of our right, secrets. So letting you guys yeah, know Labor Day We, we do have. <laughs> Oh, uh the Labor Day is gonna be lit. Labor Day is gonna be lit. It's gonna it's gonna take y'all back. So I'm just gonna put that out there. alright alright we ready. Right. <laughs> <right. We're> ready. <laughs> ready. Y'all, gonna, y'all gonna be out there on those streets getting ready. I'm just letting you know, We ready. We're about to fire up the grill. Labor about to hit. So yes, yeah. We
2: about to fire up the grill. we ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, that's a right for us. And you can follow us, of course at scenes underscore with underscore sisters s-i-s-t-a-s on instagram um and like i always say you are a star that just hasn't been discovered keep
1: shining bye, bye. bye.